Hello and welcome to Above the Clouds, the Angel City podcast with two homies from the Upper Deck. I'm Jeremy Rist. And I'm Kyle Scoble. We're your co-hosts who review the home games and talk about everything related to the club's inaugural season. Sheesh. It's been a minute. It's been like it three has, weeks. It's been, it's been three weeks. Yeah, a lot has happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, our last episode was pre-Kristen Press ACL tear. So brutal. First, we first, not even the first ACL tear. Oh my God. We've had a lot of ACL tears. As someone who has also torn their ACL, I can say that it's, it's been real wow. tough watching this season. <laughs> just, I went straight into the just, it's our first one. We didn't, we had our first one before we even did anything. God. Oh, yeah. So many ACLs. I mean, and it's such a bummer too, because that was a sweet road win. We got multiple goals on the road, three, mm-hmm. two. Ugh. I really think Kristen was really starting to hit her stride too. Yeah. Like it was like she was she was playing exceptional that game, and it mm-hmm. was kind of one of those games where you're playing against a team and you're like, oh, but we have like the clear best player on the field, and kind of that confidence of that to lose that is is tough. She's one of those you know few players that makes that type of difference. I would say like that was kind of almost going to become like our game where it clicked a little bit offensively. Yeah. Like you could feel like, okay, like from here on out, it was going to be better. They're starting to get it going. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then, and then the, the tear happened. Yeah, it's real tough. I mean, I, even especially the way that it happened was like particularly brutal with her kind of like dribbling into no man's land, going backwards away from, from her right. goal and, and kind of like what seemed to like exaggerate a foul to me, but kind of did get the call or didn't get the call. It was just a very awkward play. Like, yeah, it was weird. And and then like a minute later, I was like, oh shit. Like she would have gotten up by now yeah. if she was faking to get a call. And like, it clearly wasn't that. Um, oh, it was just so, it was so tough. Yeah. I, it was so weird watching that. I, I was just like, no way, no way, no way. Totally. But then it had all the smells of an ACL. Yeah. It just you could just like feel it. it. Yeah, yeah. The energy was so bad, but was, uh, apparently her energy has been great since then. Yeah, um, um, and apparently she was like on field after mm-hmm. yeah the last game, like giving it up to the crowd. Everyone's like chanting her name and stuff, and it seems like she's got the attitude. Like I'm bouncing back. Like so, I mean that's that's I guess the the best case scenario. Yeah, after having dealt with something like that, you know, totally, totally. Um, yeah. And she if she had gone radio silent, I'd be like, oh, no. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. That's a lot different. Yeah, totally. A lot different. You can, and, and players react different ways, and it really seems like she's taking this like, um, like a champion. So totally excited for that. That's, that's probably the, the only silver lining on a pretty dark cloud of, yeah. of that news. Um, yeah. And how then, much do we want to hang on this topic is the tough question, too. I mean, like, should we. Should we kind of, I mean, talk about how we fix, how we, how we replace a player like that? Like, are we going to replace a player like that? Well, so, I mean, we can get straight into it because like we know the trade happened. So Mm -hmm. I, I think there's actually a lot of interesting things about who we traded for. And so we traded for Sydney LaRue from Orlando, Mm -hmm. who's getting Mm -hmm. rid of every player of quality that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what what makes me kind of like excited about this is 
I think it's a trade that helps us now. And also she fits in really well when press is back. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's, it's incredible not, to think about that. And they've played together before. They've played the together before. Team. It's not a like-for-like like replacement where it's like, oh, we lost our center forward. We're getting a replacement center forward. Uh-huh. So it's, a it's good, we lost our creative winger and now we're yeah. getting another creative winger. And like, wouldn't it be nice to have two great creative wingers? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think... I think LaRue is exactly the kind of player we need right now. And that's a veteran who wants the ball mm-hmm. farther up the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we just we just don't have that kind of a player right now. You know, Charlie yeah. is a play me in behind and I'm going to run on to it kind of forward. Uh-huh. And with press out, we need a player on the front line that wants the ball, has the touch for it and knows what to do with it. Yeah. Um, because and we were, neither ahead. one of us was entirely happy with like what we were getting from Charlie or Lucy up top. I think like right. there's something there, but like the production just kind of hadn't been there. Yeah. But both and, of like, them were kind of making the game look hard, you know, and like you kind of love a player like that, but mm-hmm. you know, but then it's also like, yeah, we could bring in a star. And you yeah, know, it's, it's like kind of be like, great if that's coming off the bench. <laughs> Like, it would be, you know, yeah. first off, change of pace, mix it up, run mm-hmm. at a tired defense. So mm-hmm. it's really good to not have to rely on that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think Mary and Taylor. Sydney LaRue's a name that people she's know. A name. Yeah. Like, Everyone seriously. I had a old coworker from the NFL go to that game and I told her we traded for Sydney LaRue and she immediately texted back, fuck yeah. So yeah, exactly. like like there is a hundred percent name recognition there. Yeah, she um, made a name for herself on the national team. Yeah. And you know, I mean that's like that's dope. That's where you <laughs> want like, to be making your name. Was kind of exact like hoping for a player exactly like that. Um international pedigree, yeah. She's and we been, saw no rumors of it too, you know, mm-hmm. online. We we're kind of like looking like it's not kind of and WSL news is like there's a lot happening in this Twitter world, but not yeah. a whole lot of kind of like rumors like you would get with the NBA. Totally. And totally. stuff like that. You know, no players kind of linked to a team before right. a deal happens and everybody kind of knows and anticipates. Like right. I think I was sitting here wondering, like, I don't know about you. We might have even said it on a on a podcast, but like, are these like do we have too many celebrity owners to actually like get together and make a decision on how we spend all this money totally. um, to get players in? And but I think that question was then answered by like um, a, a real clever signing. I think she looked uh, great in the game that we just saw the Portland game at home here this past um, Friday, Friday night. I think she looked great. I think every totally. touch that she took was like you know, a good touch. I think she was looking like fit, looking ready to looking ready to run, like, you know, asking questions of the defense, um, connecting like, pretty well with teammates and stuff like really pretty seamless. Like the offense got better when she came on, you know, for sure. And like that's nothing against Mary Taylor. I th- actually, I, th- I actually think, you know, Mary got like a game and a half. So really she didn't get much time and I I'm intrigued. I, I'm excited. I, I'm curious to see what kind of a player Mary can develop into. Um, but Can you I'm really jog happy. my memory on some some Miri stuff that happened that game because I don't I I so kind of she didn't make much of an impression on me. She didn't make a whole lot of impression on the ball. Well, and I think this is where getting a player like Sydney really helps. 
And this is where having a forward like Taylor or Charlie or Lucy can be tough with this kind of a midfield because they really need a good midfield to be playing them mm-hmm. rather than going and getting the ball or creating the play for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what Sydney does. And that's why I really like the Sydney signing is because she really helps the midfield we currently have. Mm-hmm. Those players really feel like they need a bit of a better midfielder or better midfield to just play them in more or, or yeah, yeah. lead them a little more and kind of like go this way kind of stuff. So uh-huh. she was making some intriguing runs. Um, I think she's like pretty strong on the ball, which I'm, uh-huh. which is cool. But um, I mean, that was just, you know, 90 minutes and it's a rookie getting her first minute. So she's playing super hard. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I don't know if we want to really ride that super hard, but okay. uh, I think it would be interesting to see her get some more minutes um, yeah, yeah. over Lucy and Charlie. I mean, and we, you know, we certainly, we got the early goal that you love talking about. <laughs> um, the, it happened. First five minutes, man, you got to be in your seat. Yeah. You got to be in your, your seat in the first five minutes. Um, that was cousins getting the foul or how did I forget how that played? No, cousins didn't come on to later. McCaskill got fouled and she got, um, Oh my god, I got cousins confused with McCaskill. Yeah, well, we're not we're not Katie Cousins. Um, McCaskill got got fouled and took the PK second minute. McCaskill got fouled. I'm oh yeah, sure. so she had she had kind of she got in the box and made a quick pass and got spilled as soon as she made this pass. Yeah, um, and then took the PK and uh, you know tucked it away and mm-hmm. that was one nothing and it was within the first minute. Yeah. That was our yeah. first attack. Totally. And it wasn't McCaskill that got fouled. It looks like it was um, maybe Lebehan. Oh, okay. McCaskill so played she, her in, but yeah. Yeah, McCaskill was looking for like the one, looking for the one, two. It kind of mm. looks like. Totally. Totally. So we got the early goal. We were able to hang on. Um, kind of. <laughs> oh, that was actually the girl we were talking. That was 35 who yeah. passed and got fouled. Not oh, like behind. Mary Excuse Taylor. me. Mary Taylor. So Mary Taylor got out here and drew a PK. Let's there go. There we go. Mary See, Taylor. that's why I was feeling Taylor. Yeah. I know that's it was actually something. like, that's a great play. That's a I great play. I knew it was something. I, 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 that's the part I like about her is when she's on the ball. <laughs> it's just getting her on the ball or finding good space that'll come with uh, practice. But. And she's tall too because I got her confused with Lay Bahan. I thought, I was like, who's this mm-hmm. really tall forward? Mm-hmm. But Lebahan's twenty nine, and Mary Taylor's thirty five. Yeah, cousins. Um, McCaskill shot to the left, got saved, and then got the rebound and put it away. Yeah, that was a little bit of a scary PK. Um, <laughs> you just never know where that save is going to come back out to. And like, if it's a, if that had been the post, she couldn't have kicked it. She would have had to leave it for another player, right? I don't know how that works i'm pretty Maybe, though, sure that sounds right i'm pretty sure for the pk taker to hit it again it has to touch another player first which is why it was key that it was saved by the goalie and it didn't hit the post for but it's neither here nor there because the follow-up went in and we got our lead one so, nothing crucial to get up early the atmosphere was great in the stadium like it was really fun it was friday night it was rocking we were doing well and we just gave up an absolute backbreaker of a goal. 
90 plus. You fast forwarded so quickly to that moment. I was like, this, we, these adjectives need to be like drawing out how long it was good vibes. It was such good vibes like the like, entire time. It was an hour and a half of play. Literally, th- there yeah. was 90 minutes between our goal and their goal. Yeah. <laughs> like more, 94 More minutes. than 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah. A whole, a whole, what should be a whole soccer game. We were chilling. It was Friday. It was going so well. It was yeah, going drinks, so well. drinks were flowing. You know, the stadium was nice and packed. That's, you know, I went with my little brother and his girlfriend to the game too. And uh, they kept remarking about, you know, like how great the temperature is, mm-hmm. like how packed the stadium was and how kind of like cool it was to be there. Like it's, it's such a cool location and everything. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, yeah, everything was everything was all good until the ninety uh, sixth minute. I guess. I mean, it's like, like if you had told me after press tears for ACL, we have to go away to to rain and host Thorns, and we go one win and one loss there. I would be absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, I mean, like we were really going to be like doing okay. Yeah, but <sighs> well. Um, I mean, it's a good goal that they scored. We need to give that it's, credit. It's an absolutely unreal goal that they score. <laughs> I was in, in the stadium too when we were watching. I mean, it's like the 95th minute. The goal gets actually scored. They say there's six minutes of stoppage time. Yeah. The goal gets scored in the five minute, 40 second range. Yeah. Of I mean, stoppage yeah. time. And like when it happened, I'm sitting next to my brother and he's like, oh, you don't want to get beat there. Yeah, that's right. He said that. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> that was like um, I don't know who got who I think got it might have been I think Steph. it was yeah, I think it was our I think it was our Barcelona Brazilian um Stephanie Ferrer Van Ginkel does get kind of crossed. Um, you know, she really could have taken that foul. Right. That's definitely um, the time for a professional foul. And she gets she gets just completely beat, and they whip in just an absolute worldly cross. And uh, I mean, not only do they score, but like guarding the goal is Danny Weatherholt, who's like rocking the the team captain's armband, getting like absolutely dunked on, spilled onto the ground. Yeah, and like was... Dee on the ground. This girl's like just headed it in over both of them, like runs away celebrating. Like it was a devastating header. It feels like a loss. <laughs> yeah. Like it really feels like a loss. Yeah. And as I'm watching back these highlights, I'm looking at, uh, Katie Cousins here jogging on in the 94th minute. Yeah. Um, she's on the field for all of a minute before Portland comes down and just dunks this header. This girl. Oh my God. That's too crazy. It's too crazy to watch back. I could not believe. Yeah. Could not believe. I mean, I was in shock when it happened. Um, but then the next day though, considering the cousins theme here, um, as we have briefly touched on in previous uh, episodes, Katie Cousins is the player on Angel City's team who got in trouble with the team for posting something about the Tampa Bay Rays and like them allowing players not to support Pride Night on their uniforms. And so posting that, I guess, in support of that, not saying something on that post of kind of like, this is fucked up. Yeah. And like, you know, posting that. And then days later, I guess we get from the club that like 
it's been handled. Yeah, it's like this vague thing of we're open and everyone's accepting. And it's like, well, if you're not going to actually talk about what you're referencing, like what actually happened. Um, yeah, so like, all right, it was handled. I took that to mean that this girl was just off the team. Right? Or like, like I, I didn't know what play. that meant. Like, we're going to, we, you know, we have this like no trade agreement thing. So we kind of got to figure out how to get around that. But like, she, yeah, like we're kind of. And like the other thing too is her post was the night before Angel City's Pride Night. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's why she got in trouble, right? Her is timing because, is very like, specific, yeah. Yeah, not only is she homophobic, like, her timing is, like, yeah. directly homophobic towards, like, the yeah. night that's about to be happening. And, and then the kind first of, like, game she plays is July 1st, the day after Pride Month. The day after Pride Month, she subs on to the field in the 95th minute, and we give up a back-breaking goal in the 96th minute. I mean, you can't tell me that there's some sports psychology, like, involved in that that's like basically like her coming onto the field like the team is not vibing with this fucking player the whole fan base is annoyed and she came on for endo who was playing left back at that point a ridiculous yeah a ridiculous, we haven't even talked uh, about yeah yeah we, we we have not gotten into uh june endo playing left back for like no, Majority but before we the get there, did half? we did we completely finish the cousins? I don't even know what to say <laughs> with that. Other like, do you have any comments on like how ridiculous is that? It's disappointing. Um, I I'm really bummed. Shoots on the field at all, you know? I'm, totally. It's it's lame. Um, and it goes against everything because like from the get go, Angel City has has tried to say that they're like Pride Month every month, kind of a vibe, you know? Right. Um. And this just does not correlate with that in any way, shape, or form for me. Yeah, and I think like what I would expect of them is to basically acknowledge that they made a mistake signing a player who has mm-hmm. like homophobic tendencies, if not completely homophobic. Who knows what their conversations are? If she's right. like standing behind it when they like, you know, confront her about this or have to talk about it. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, so you made the mistake. Like you didn't actually do the interviews and ask the questions the way that you should have. You're learning things in the process as an expansion club. But I would expect to not see this girl on the field, like moving forward throughout the season because you want your club to represent something that she doesn't represent. And like, it's not like this is some kind of like superstar player who needs some exception for like, an issue that I, I mean, it just in women's professional sports too. It's just, it's yeah. absolutely bizarre. And it so, is. I don't know for her to come on and for us to give a goal up like that. I mean, it's, like, yeah. Taking I, well, yeah. what can we say really? Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's frustrating. And this this is the kind of stuff that is like makes me question Freya. Absolutely. It you know like endo. And That's Lucy a good segue our, to the next, yeah, the, to the like, next. You know, yeah. like, it's just hard not to question our coach right now. It's when weird. At this it's, point, it's straight up weird that she is, like, so married to this idea of forwards playing defense. And just, like, we're just, and, and when it's Endo, with no press, taking Endo off of our front line, for me, is giving up in terms of you're not really trying to score at that point. Like, she's right. our... 
she's our only kind of like really truly creative player. Like Sydney's a different yeah. type of offensive power, you know? She's not right. a creative playmaker, you know? And so yeah, what it, kind of is, but yeah, it's, it's she makes plays. She definitely yeah. makes plays. But yeah. And so I don't know. It's just it's it's really weird. And again, taking an offensive player to it outside back. Yeah. When we're we're not even playing with like wing backs. We're not playing a five back where these outside backs are essentially midfielders just pushed way high, you know? No, exactly. It's four in the back, yeah. So it, it's really weird. It's, it, 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 I don't have an excuse for it anymore. With Spencer, yeah. it's like, okay, it worked. She's a winger. You can kind of see it. Lucy, I wasn't into. She's a straightforward going back there. And now it's endo. So it's just weird. It's just really, really weird. Yeah, I don't I, I I don't understand it. Um I thought the way that this was gonna go was gonna be more like Spencer has a converted right back, you know, like f- converted forward to right back like thing going on and it was specific to her. Right. And, and now c- we're just kind of learning that like this is like something Freya just like believes in is that defender like it's like she's Fela Kuti telling you you gotta like play <laughs> in the percussion yeah. <laughs> ensemble for like five years before you can pick the horn up or something like that. Like totally. what's, what's happening? You know, I just, I just don't understand. And like, it's not particularly like working. Yeah. It's not. And what are we really like gaining from it? You know, we're not like scoring tons of goals because we have more forwards on the field. And we're not even playing our outside backs forward. Like we're not bombing them forward. It's just, it's not how we're playing. Yeah, even when Endo was was back there, I didn't, you know, she just kind of became a left back. You yeah. know, I think that's what the the formation calls for. Like to your yeah. point about like, yeah, we're not five in the back. We're not we're four in the back. You kind of gotta stay home a little bit. It's super weird. It's super, super weird. Um I understand, man. so that's like that make that makes that end of that game just so frustrating too, you know? Cause it's like despite all that, they were hanging on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but other than that, I mean, I, I kind of thought again, like I thought the starting lineup was pretty much as good as she could do. Like we've mm -hmm. learned at this point that like Megan Reed is a beast and she would obviously be there at center back. You know, Nielsen, I think did a pretty good job filling in for Gilles. I didn't notice anything. That's a great point. I think Paige looked really quick. I think she looked really good on the ball too. Um, okay, good. I was very impressed with how seamlessly Paige stepped in there, um, which is crazy because it's like <laughs> center back number four. <laughs> yeah, but like, hey, we're a strong center back club. Like we have tons of, yeah. of strong center backs. Um, and then Lucy on the right, again, like strange because like we're still putting. So now we've got a backup center back, but we're also back there with the backup center back going to put just kind of an athletic forward at outside back who kind of like clearly isn't familiar or comfortable with the position, but you know, and to her credit, like smart enough to play it. Like she's, yeah, she can do point, it. But again, just seeing it done with a second player is, mm-hmm. is like bizarre. I, I just it's, kind of find that to be strange, you know, for the most part of this game, it, it was working as well too though. So, you know, I mean, Mm-hmm. I guess we'll kind of give credit where it's due, but like obviously we got up early and we weren't really letting in too many goals um, or like tons of opportunities. I didn't feel like yeah. I felt like we did pretty good defensively. Allie Riley was playing on the left, totally. Um, 
you know, the midfield was pretty predictable of Weatherholt, McCaskill, but then Lily Nabbit got in there with the start. Um, I didn't That's, remember too much of her. Uh, I think it's just because Ricaro's on COVID protocol. Okay. I don't think it was any, like... Did she make an impression on you for that game? No. But as a rookie defensive mid, that's not bad, you know? Yeah, she that's was a, she was out there though, you know. That's a position that, you know, you did 80 minutes, we didn't we didn't say your name in vain. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I think she did she did totally solid, filled in solidly. Um Lay Bahan, I didn't notice too much of. I think she was a little lost out there on Yeah. The winger position. I guess that like her starting position was that of a right forward, of course, she kind of drifted more middle, but yeah, you can I think the game got kind of lost for her. Be. Yeah, it's again terrible. Deci- I would just say terrible decision by um, our co- by Freya, Freya of it just it, it, like putting her there. I mean, that's that seemed dumb and looked dumb during the game, so that was she, bad. I think you described it well, though, with like she just really did not look comfortable there and just kept drifting in, and because that's where she wants to be and that's how she knows how to play. Yeah. Um, and then Endo started out left uh, mm-hmm. before she moved back. Right. And then Mary Taylor started it up top, um, who subbed out for Sydney LaRue. Um, yeah. We also brought Van Ginkle on at the and, very end and Katie Cousins on at the very end. We also brought Hope Breslin on at halftime. And so at halftime, have yeah. we heard? Sorry, my dog is very sad about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. About, I know, yeah, I don't well, know. Because she's sad about this. It's like, why did Allie Riley leave? Like, have we heard yeah. if it was an injury or anything? Because a 45-minute sub, it didn't feel tactical. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of was was hoping and praying that that's just kind of like veteran time management, you know? Right. I don't know if it was just kind of, she was looking a little gassed and they were just like, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, can we really say anything to too much about many of these like coaching decisions like no. it looks super yeah. fucking random and so the answer could be super fucking random yeah. um but that actually brings me to to a different point like another you know chatting with my brother during the game i thought he said an interesting thing when we were kind of talking about like storylines and the way that storylines mm. get created totally um and in these closed league systems, like what a point I was struggling to make on the Urban Pitch podcast that we just did, which by the way, everybody should go check out yeah, on check the Urban Pitch YouTube. Um, me and Kyle are there talking with our good friends um, over at Urban Pitch. Ramsey was hosting and uh, we were just talking about some upcoming games and stuff. Um, two but, LA, big games in LA coming up. Yeah, two big games in LA coming up, but you know we were also talking big picture about the MLS and and a promotion relegation system and what that could do for something different is like mm-hmm. creating, helping create storylines, right? Because like season to season, with it being so, just kind of we're starting over, completely brand new at the start of every season, and it's not linked together and it's not like joined with other divisions. It's just these games are so unpredictable that the more that we analyze them and kind of like look at the outcomes and like on the podcast, we were asked to like predict the outcomes of these games coming yeah. up. It's like, got no idea. Yeah. Absolutely no idea where these games are going, who's going to show up, you know. Well, and we're, to we're your playing point, through international windows. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and who's going to be on the field? To your point, 538 cannot predict MLS 
scores or odds. Their odds yeah. always suck. Like yeah, they, yeah. They, they're, they're they can never figure it out with their algorithm. And like, I'm absolutely, I think that's kind surprised. of what you're getting ab- at. That's here. exactly what I'm getting at. Nobody yeah. has any idea. You got upset when I mentioned that about the Sounders. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I was like quick to back off. I was like, you're right, you're right, you're right. No, but I mean, like your, your point still stands. And like the fact that only one team can kind of raise their hand and say, uh, actually, like doesn't disprove you. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was, what I was kind of like hoping to kind of like get some, some consensus on of, mm-hmm. of saying, but like, it's a weird spot to be in as like in the space that we're in trying to be like new media commenting on this stuff and like, right. You know, predicting outcomes or discussing like what happened in the games. And like, it wouldn't be a compelling show if we were up here just saying like, well, shit, man, it's completely random. So how would we know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, they scored a goal. Damn. That's random as hell. Right. (laughs) Would you look at that? (laughs) No one wants to like listen to that podcast, but it's a thing I feel like I'd say I'm like struggling with almost just like looking at these games. Like this, this shit is crazy. It, it, It is crazy too. And it's kind of like in the back of everyone's head now, like I'm just gonna say it with Gordon and Press out, no relegation. Like at what point are they just started looking for next year? You know, like at what point are they just gonna be like, let's just start planning towards next year? We have next year. I mean, Gordon and Press out, Ertz out. I mean, that Allie Riley sub very much looked like we're looking to next year. Um, Spencer, but, you know, is still out for a couple more weeks. Yeah, Spencer's out. Like we we we're gonna be so much better next year. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I'm already thinking about next year and like, it's a privilege that you have, but I just, I find it lame, you know, like that we're guaranteed to be back in here. Like at this point, when you have this many massive injuries, how fascinating would it be if we had to look at like Lily Nabbit and Stephanie Ferrer Van Ginkle and be like, yo, you guys, guys got to beat fucking up. Orlando yeah, the next time that we play them. Yeah. Because like, if you don't, yeah, you know, like we could be losing all these players in the off season because we won't be in this top league. Yeah. And they have clauses that let them walk. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, it would just, it would make the drama, you know, and the fact that like, it would make that goal that we just saw so devastating. Mm-hmm. And it was devastating, but could you imagine how much that would sting if we were in a pro rail league? Oh, yeah. oh my God. Like to give that up at home, those points yeah. up at home. Brutal. Brutal. So we're fortunate. I mean, I'm counting Brutal. my I'm counting my closed league blessings right now. You know? Yes. We uh definitely are counting our closed league blessings. And I think we should count them into a little break right now. We are back counting, done counting our closed league blessings. And they've they've been all counted now. One more kind of addition to this conversation. I'm going to bring in uh, a proposal that former MLSer and honestly, a pretty good YouTuber and Twitcher, Jimmy Conrad. Totally agree. Uh, Yeah. He has an interesting idea on how to address ProRel with MLS. Uh And ultimately, his proposal is trying to fix one major problem. And that major problem is 
you have about a third of the league where towards the end of the season, their games don't matter because they know they're not going to get relegated and they're out of the playoff picture. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of have the teams that are lucky to be in the playoff picture, but realistically they're not, you know, Mm -hmm. and like the problem becomes just so few teams having games that matter. Sure. And so his proposal is pretty much to split MLS into two leagues, an A and a B league Mm -hmm. where B league cannot make the playoffs. And so they would have to earn promotion to the A-League to even be in the playoff picture. And it essentially is now guaranteeing all of A-League is playing games that matter and majority of now B-League are playing games that matter where they can go up to solve the problem of players not caring in, in games that don't matter towards the end of the season. Now, it's obviously not a perfect solution because it's not actually pro-rel, but... Uh-huh. I'm curious what you think of that and how that kind of figures in to what we just discussed. So I haven't heard, I don't, I uh, don't watch too much Jimmy Conrad content. I do like him and what I've seen of his, so I'm not familiar exactly with this He did this a while ago. So this was Um, like way before the big expansion of of recent years. This might've even been pre Atlanta United when he said this. But I just remember him saying, and I, it always was just an, I've never heard anyone else have such a concrete idea on how to address it. Yeah. I guess my question is like, basically first, I just don't understand. Like if it's an A league and a B league, they're playing at the same time and they play against each other. No, I don't think they would actually be playing against each other. Okay. So the B leagues only playing games against each other. And at the end of the B league season, it just ends. Yes. And or if you're in the top three or whatever, you go up, or maybe there's a B League playoff to some degree. But there'd be a promotion out of B League for a certain number of teams, and then the bottom whatever of A League would drop down to MLS B or two or whatever next year. Yeah. So, I mean, you still might even have games in this B League that like still enter this problem, right? If it's yeah, kind of like just, a team it like is out of the playoff it. picture, yeah, playing another team out of the playoff picture, neither one of them can really play spoiler. They're just kind of both going to be in that B league again. So that it, that, that issue is still there. But at a um, much, much fewer number of games because you have yeah. part of or half or more of B league with games that do matter. Yeah. I mean, it's creative and like, I mean, at this point, like I would certainly not be the the vote that would stand away in the way of like some change happening. I think like anything just to get the ball rolling, Mm -hmm. you know, and like could move things in the right direction. Like if I had a vote, I'd probably just say yes, just to kind of not that this is a perfect idea, but that this just gets us away from a completely closed league idea. It's kind of the gateway drug or whatever. So I think that's what the angle is. It's like, it's palatable to the people that aren't into it, but it's going to give enough of a taste that when it happens, everyone's going to be like, well, what if we actually did the whole deal? You know, like if we went for it, like this is cool. Now imagine if the stakes were even higher. Yeah. Um, So definitely feels like that's kind of, and obviously that's super hopeful and wishful thinking. Um, But I, I, I have thought that it was an interesting proposal. And quite frankly, I really have not heard another proposal from anyone else to address MLS in any way. So yeah. there's that. We don't really have much else to talk about. Yeah, yeah. 
No, yeah, and it's and it's creative, and I like the I like the thinking of that. I mean, another thing that always bugs me too is like the worst teams get rewarded with top draft picks, you know, and it's this yeah. idea of like parody and stuff like that. And I'm like, right. The one, yeah, thing that, but like the super parody is, is why becoming, your league is so random, though. Yeah, I will say the super draft, at least on the M, uh, MLS side, NWSL the draft definitely matters. Um, MLS the draft is mattering less and less. There's quite a few teams that trade away their picks every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and those teams are doing well and making the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah, but um, interesting. But yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, well, um, what other did you have any other reflections of the Urban Pitch uh, podcast that we did? I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be, I'm excited to hear what people think of it. Um, we were able to touch on so pretty much next weekend. There's going to be uh, El Clasico, El Clasico, El Trafico between Galaxy and LAFC, and I think there's their Friday night and Saturday night is Angel City and San Diego Wave, who are meeting for the first time in the regular season. Right. Which will be, and I guess it'll be without like the stars. Yeah, I don't know when they're back actually. So I well, I yeah, because the tournament back. just started, so there's no way they're going to be back next week. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and another another American Soccer League failure to not be playing meaningful games while international break is happening. Yeah, that is I a mean, distinctly American soccer thing. Not many other American do that. soccer. Yeah, like literally so dumb. Yeah. I mean, you think I'm paying like I had I had damn Clipper season tickets. I'm not out here paying to not watch the superstars play. Right. Especially when it's Morgan <laughs> it's like, who has like ten goals in eleven games. I'm trying to watch her play. She's kicking ass right now. Yeah. And, and her team's coming to town, but like yeah. we won't watch her play, you know. So um yeah. it's always a bummer when this happens. Um it's always a bummer. It just feels like you could get in the same room and plan a- around this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the same league, though, that had the Challenge Cup semifinals and finals after the start of the regular season. Yeah, so well. But I mean, to that point, too, like, you can clearly plan around some shit. Like, how is a preseason <laughs> tournament going on during the regular season? Yeah. Like, you've shown <laughs> oh, some, some flexibility and creativity there, but you're not <laughs> taking the... I mean, that's, that's wild. So, that is wild. It is wild. It is going to be a bummer that, that no, no Alex Morgan. Um, and I... Don't think they'll have Taylor Konerick. I do not know how to properly pronounce her last name. I think Korniak. Korniak. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, um, Korniak, who was... No, funny Funny thing on that too is like I, in the in the podcast when I was talking to Ramsey, I was like, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, uh, so is there like a, a beef between like LA and San Diego? And almost like before I can ask him that, he jumps in like, love San Diego. Like that's the funniest thing to me about these rivalries and about this like SoCal like sports sports attitude is I'm like y'all literally have no hate in your heart for anything other than just like out of towners and traffic. I'm just gonna say it. I'm like I'm really not a huge fan of San Diego. Okay, all right. So you'll bring the fire. I'm I'm wondering where the fire for this rivalry is gonna come from. (laughs) I will always choose LA over San Diego in pretty much any category you can think of. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I sipped the Kool-Aid on hating on San Diego for sure. Um, yeah, so fuck San Diego. These out-of-towners are going to bring all this regionalism to the... 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. The transplants to LA care more about this than the locals. Like, weren't you just in San Diego and said you had a great time? Like, shh, 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 shh. Yes, I did. <laughs> no. Um, I actually, I went down to San Diego with the uh, County Line Coalition, supporters group for Orange County SC in the USL Championship. Cool. They, they chartered a bus down for their, their game against San Diego last year, which was really cool. Cool. Um, that was fun. And we got really mad at security. I'm going to be honest, that game is definitely in my mind when I say fuck San Diego. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have a negative San Diego experience to reach back yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I don't do the conservative surfer bro thing. I find that really weird about San Diego. <laughs> uh I don't, yeah, I don't do the, I'm not a military guy, so the whole Navy side weirds me out. Um, yeah, so. Is there Mexican food overrated? Just say it. Bro, I'll take a taco over burrito any day of the week. <laughs> At me. I do not care. <laughs> I am here for motherfucking tacos, and Los yes. Angeles is where you get the best tacos. You reckless, man. That's wild. You're claiming hot things. <laughs> Love it. Oh, I'm excited for the game. Regardless, it'll be interesting to see if there's some bad blood on the field. I, I actually am you curious know? to see how much of a like rivalry game it is on the field, and how much it feels like. I mean, it's, certainly, like it's not going to have the intensity of um, El Trafico because, mm -hmm. like, you know, the hype even before that. Like, I was, I did an article for Urban Pitch that was talking to Jeff Govea who had like done some street art. Yeah. Um, I love Jeff like, Sork. Yeah. Really, really talented guy. Awesome dude. Great interview. Um, and he had found himself wrapped up in like controversy around the rivalry before a game was even played. Oh, that's so, right. Like there was some good stuff happening, you know, to really make these two teams like not like each right. other. I do kind of think that there is a cultural rift between LA and San Diego and that like San Diego is the kind of no nonsense, like quiet buttoned up conservative club. Mm -hmm. And like LA is the flamboyant, like celebrity driven, like Hollywood liberal club. Um, we are actually like, totally we're, we're embracing actually, that. Yeah. We're doing it. We yeah. are that. Like that is what it is. Um, That's I don't a great know point. much about Alex Morgan's politics, but I think on the women's national team, she's always been in the clique that's been kind of like the white girls with the like Budweiser endorsements and like the real pro America thing. Like she's in the Kelly O'Hara clique with like we're okay. badass chicks that are like, okay, you know, I think straight and like white and like down with this America thing mm -hmm. and like not so much like the Megan Rapinoe, Kristen Press, Tobin uh -huh. Heath, like Megan Klingenberg click that's more kind of like artsy, lesbian, anti-American, you know, anti-American exceptionalism or whatever. I don't know exactly what they're... And to be clear, I'm what definitely their on their side of, of, of the political that's, that's where Yeah, that's where both of us fall. And yeah. that's like why we're happy to be cheering for Angel City. And that's yeah. also why we're like disappointed when they like be out here hiring homophobes and then like say that they got it handled and then put and, them on the damn and field and then field. give up a goal immediately. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. How do you do that? How do you make mistakes like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Six but I, you know, teams. on the flip side, on the flip side, San Diego's been there quietly doing nothing that has to do with like politics. Yeah. And I mean, just they've been getting like their, having a team. They've been getting their wins and they've been getting their big wins. And they've been wait. Another thing that points goals. to their conservatism though, is the tweets that you shared of Korniak dropping the faggot bomb on Twitter a lot back in circa 2013. Yeah, that is actually true. I shared that to the chat with Ramsey and you. Um, yeah, Korniak had some really choice words back in 2013. Um, yeah. Playfully using the word faggot on Twitter. Yeah, and the N-word. Oh, she had the N-word too? I think she said it once or twice in those tweets. Um, it so. would have been on brand for the ones that I saw. Yeah, <laughs> Do you right? Given the way she was using the other stuff. Um, so I got called a faggot in Hawaii recently for playing tennis with my girlfriend. Make that make sense. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's preposterous because it's like, <laughs> like well, oh, sorry for playing an outdoor sport in a tropical location. My dude. <laughs> yeah. like, we want me to play football with her right now. Like, is that where I went wrong? So, like, should we have pads on and just be like, Running yeah, why, like, why aren't you guys doing tackle football on your vacation in Hawaii? One on one tackle football. Riddle, riddle was, me that. I was so annoyed, man. <laughs> I was so annoyed. Jess was like, "What was that?" And I was like, "I think, I think we just got th- got yeah. called faggots." <laughs> wow. Oh God. Wow. Uh, well, Korniak must have been in Hawaii. Yeah, exa- that's that's what, that's what we can take away from all this. <laughs> Korniak has been into Hawaii, but, um, man, I forgot about those Korniak tweets. I totally forgot. I found that. Um, but so as we're talking about like difficulties of establishing narratives, you know, I do think one thing that helps is just kind of branding of this club is this, this club is this. Now let's see the game. Mm -hmm. And they did that so well with the LAFC and galaxy because, what worked in that rivalry really well, I think, is like Galaxy being labeled like Disney and suburban and mm-hmm. like bitch ass and kind of like plastic, and LAFC being labeled like cool, hip, new, right. downtown, rugged, urban. Yeah, and the, the fact Galaxy's is, like, soccer moms. The fact is, that's like not true at all. So, like, a huge portion of the Galaxy took offense to that yeah. and were like, actually, we're fucking like raw and urban as fuck. And you'll find out the hard way now. Yeah, like, come <laughs> come down to the South Bay, motherfucker. Uh, oh, man. As someone who lived crazy. in Long Beach, I love the South Bay. I love Torrance. And I was a season ticket holder for the Galaxy, actually. Um, Shout out. Down there. I love going. They to also those got games. a lot of like OG LA people yeah. who just like aren't really trying to be fucked with like that, and mm-hmm. like LAFC definitely like put their foot in the in the wasp nest, essentially, kind of with the way that they were trying to intentionally brand. But I think right. it worked. Like from totally a pure worked. like entertainment standpoint, I'm like I'm so glad that that mistake was made, because <laughs> there's also still people who are like proud and want to double down on the LAFC side of like, no, nah, we're the rugged, real, totally like Los Angeles thing. And it's like, oh, well, this is going to play out nasty, but that's probably going to be fun to watch. Um, Great to watch as, as a resident of LA who roots for neither team. Right. <laughs> but just, yeah, we want to see some good, we want to see some good games. So we want to see some good goals. Um, and like, I think what, that you rivalry, know, rivalry, I think that rivalry 
was also greatly benefited by it being Zlatan's first game. Yeah, yeah, that was that was insane. I, I mean, Gareth Bale is is no stranger to epic goals. So if anybody's going right. to come in here and do some wild shit, Gareth oh, Bale man. just might be the man. Um, wow, that's right. Oh, how cool would that be? I mean, I I just don't, I don't think he's ever topping what he did in the Champions League final. Like it's yeah. just impossible. But if he came in and did scored any type of you know goal or a couple goals that made a difference in a Clasico, it'd be it'd be insane. But I was going to bring it back to the NWSL though and and say like you know the way that the way that this rivalry could get juice is if people see it as a liberal versus conservative soccer mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I could get down with that. You know, as divided as the country is right now, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like if, if, uh, if that was played up on the field and, you know, I think as we've discussed before, like one of the great things about the European traditional rivalries is that oftentimes they're on religious grounds or, socioeconomic grounds right or kind of even more racialized grounds and stuff like traditionally this team is this and this team Mm -hmm. is this um it puts a little extra something into the into the game it definitely does it definitely definitely does as does having like you know that the the generational aspect to it you know yeah um hey i'll tell you what if they were if they were smart too like angel city should have cut Cousins and San Diego should have picked her up immediately. That would have been, you oh, know, man, after that, like that COVID, would you know, because really, then that would like show you it'd be like, hey, look, Los Angeles fans know. would have like personally turned it into a rivalry. Yeah, <laughs> Even if it yeah. wasn't against the the Angel City team, it would have been against the Angel City fans. But come on, they got to manufacture everything else. I'm like, come on, manufacture these rivalries. Like, play with us a little bit. Let's let's do some psyops. Let's get it going. It is <laughs> it is interesting the lack of like league promotion of it. You know, like yeah, I wonder about MLS. That. Like, is a slut for El Trafico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they yeah they do talk about it year round. <laughs> right, but also talk about a league that sucks at marketing too. So even as much as yeah. they talk about it, like. You know, yeah. it just that was that was one thing I said on the podcast that I was like hoping to explore more was was like, you know, a thing that that I've always thought that I haven't seen almost like anywhere else is like, why is the MLS not literally like paying for real estate on these ESPN talk shows? Like if they have all these talking heads in the middle of the day and in these evening talk shows, like talking about their storylines, it will artificially create those storylines. And they totally. will become things that people are somewhat interested in seeing. And, you know, all they do is have their games on, but literally, like, people still to this day make jokes on Sports Center about how soccer's whack. Totally. And, like, and they I don't think, show any highlights. I think that's where some people are, like, into the Apple move is because they see that play out with ESPN and all the time. Just be like, if, like, if we're on their friggin' network and they still won't talk about us, then, like, what, you know, what do you do? Bribe them is what you do. It's well, fucking totally. soccer. Yeah. Like the answer is bribery every time with soccer. <laughs> oh, how do you put a World Cup in a Middle Eastern country in the winter? Like bribery. <laughs> That's how you fucking do it. You've got the fucking blueprint. I know it's weird. It's weird because you would think MLS, would, yeah, would just do that in a heartbeat, you know? Absolutely. Especially when they're getting $300 million expansion fees like once 
one to two every other year. You know, it's yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know how much that would cost or what the, what goes involved in that, but I'm just like, how are you not whining and dining the in crowd at ESPN? Cause that kind of is where, you know, I mean, ESPN, I, Fox sports or whatever, but you got to do both. You have to do like every kind of mm-hmm. major talk show. You have to have them include some sort of MLS talking points. And like, you have to in the contract say like, and you can't be fucking outright disrespectful towards right, like yeah. this league and this sport totally, or else we take the money back. Totally. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a stupid idea. I just I've always thought about that. When I see that disrespect on that station, I'm always just like, weird. Why? I mean, like you literally have a contract with this league and you're going out of your way to make fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the answer to that is probably just the producers are not the people signing the contracts or making the decisions on the money side, but Yeah. It's just weird. It's it's super weird. It it makes you wonder, like, yeah. I mean, it just makes you wonder, like, <laughs> if, if, you know, you would assume the league would be willing to pay it. So then is it ESPN? But that just doesn't make sense for ESPN to take that stance because it's costing them money and... An anti-sport hurt, stance, yeah. It, and it hurting the product they're broadcasting. Right. So, yeah, not, not you know, neither side I don't makes know. sense. The, the math's not math in there. It's not math at all. Uh, Well, on that note, I feel like we should start to wind this down here Mm -hmm. for our incredible listeners. Um, It's been a minute since our last home game. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be chatting some Angel City stuff. The atmosphere was incredible, as we had said. Like The fans are bringing it. We're still probably easily crushing every other team in the league with attendance. We were at 17.5K last game. That's crazy. It's amazing. So much fun. So crazy. Um, shout out to the listeners, the two listeners who have rated us on Apple podcast. Hell yeah. Hell thank yeah. you too personally. I don't know who you are, but thank you. Y'all the best. To the other listeners, take this moment. Subscribe. Like. Like. Rate. <laughs> shout out to the person on Reddit who neither complimented nor talked shit to us. Thank but you. But just acknowledged our existence. Acknowledged our existence. Raising awareness. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Next time, feel free to have an opinion about us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. We will talk to you in less than a week when we recap San Diego Wave versus Angel City FC. Do we know what the lineup will be? No, of course not. Do we know what to expect? No, No. absolutely. Of course not. Over under (laughs) on Endo being left back again? I'm scared to say. No idea. Probably, definitely. Yeah, you know? probably, definitely. That's the one thing we're sure about. So, Will we see right, DD at center forward? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Exactly. Have a great one, y'all. See you then. Peace. Bye.